You're listening to the Pre-Snap Podcast, where fantasy football experts Joe Pizzapia and Chris Meany give you the DFS tools to help you lock it in and win on DraftKings and FanDuel. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? It's me, Joey P, Joe Pizzapia, and welcome to the Pre-Snap right here on the Line Star app, it is me, it is Chris Meany, and we are here breaking down week 13 for you. It was a um, a pretty, pretty good week 12. If you listen to the program, uh, boy, Chris Meany, let me tell you, you, you showed up week 12 and you helped me, and we, uh, we kind of, I don't want to toot our own horn, but toot toot, we kind of crushed it, especially on some of the upsets last week. Yeah, we really did. It's, you know, it's nice to see. It's it's not always going to work out, but, you know, it was my first time on the show with you, so we created some magic. We were on the Browns for sure. Our two favorite plays, I think, at the running back position, Nick Chubb and Leonard Fournette had good days, despite Fournette getting kicked out of the game um, in the third quarter last week. He still yeah. had a productive game. So, yeah, across the board for picks, straight up, over-unders, and DFS plays, I think it was a good start for us. It was indeed. It was a very good one, that's for sure. And, uh, look, you know, not every hit but certainly in, in terms of what we did get right we we killed the uh the browns game we absolutely crushed that one we got that 100 right and when they got up early i was like oh, oh this could be good and then uh, they held on and that was a big positive there as well uh we, we even talked about the broncos potentially upsetting too we talked about we that did. we we went through a bunch of stuff here and you know looking at last week it was a good week now we got to roll that over into week 13 because that's in the past that's over now Week 12 was very specific, and Chris, one of the things we talked about last week was you had to be right and you had to buy back in on a lot of players because you had a lot of teams that were not available. You had all the three Thanksgiving games, you had buys, you had some big-time primetime Sunday night and Monday night games. Therefore, all of a sudden, a lot of these big-time players were not available. They weren't off the board. So last week's theme of the show was buying back in, even though there was some bad... Uh, recency <laughs> bias, you know, that gave you pause. Guys like Zach Ertz, right? We talked about buying back in on Ertz against the Giants, and sure enough, that was a very good one, and you had to, like, kind of shake that off. So if you're looking at this week, Chris, how do you feel about this week? What's the theme, as it were, as you were doing research and looking at week 13? Because now we're in a spot where everybody's back. The only teams that not available, obviously, no New Orleans, no Dallas because of Thursday night, which <laughs> clearly you didn't want any fantasy shares of that game anyway, apparently. <laughs> not. But none of those guys, no Kamara, no Elliott, no Thomas, no Breeze. Uh, and then, of course, this week on the Sunday night game, none of the Pittsburgh guys, none of the Chargers. And Monday night, well, Philadelphia, Washington, no one's really crying too much about that one. But no. now going back into week 13, what does it look like in terms of the landscape for you? Yeah, it's back to, you know, what we saw earlier on in the season is a lot of over-unders set at, you know, 50 and above because last week we talked about that. I think there was only one at the 50-point mark. So so here we are. I mean, we got Carolina and Tampa Bay at 54 and a half. Uh, we have Detroit and LA, 55. Of course, we have the Rams and the Chiefs back on the schedule. And, and that, that Chiefs and Raiders game is at 55 too. So there's some potential blowouts there. And that's, I always, you know, I'm a little cautious sometimes to roll out some players on a team that could, you know, win by 30 or 40. I don't know how much play they'll get in the fourth. They are strong cash plays, but sometimes they lean the other way in tournaments. But there's a lot of, of high totals here on the board to to attack. So, um, you know, and, and again, just like last week, Joe, and we mentioned Fournette and, and Nick Chubb is guys who probably shouldn't have been priced where they were, but there is some value at the, uh, you know, on DraftKings and FanDuel, especially with running backs, guys who check in at under $7,000. So, yes, there are some top-tier players back on the board, the Gurleys, the Hunts, and all the weapons in those two offenses. But there's still some value to be had this week. So it, it's a great slate and you know, a lot of shootouts on the board. The thing that jumps out to me, Chris, is, again, the running backs because no Kamara, no Elliott, no Connor, and no Gordon because of the injury, and even no Fournette. We could talk about that, too. Yep. So all of a sudden, we're back to square one. We do get Gurley back this week. That's always a positive, especially in those cash games. But I look at the Gurley salary, and on FanDuel, it's under 10K. And I'm starting to, you know, I've built some lineups here, tournament style with Todd Gurley, that's not that hard to do. It's just not. I know McCaffrey, He's. we'll talk about him later. He's ticketed for a big day as well. But really, you know, when you take away the Connors and the Gordons and a lot of the guys that, you know, have been very popular over the year and you take away explosiveness like Kamara and, you know, all of a sudden it does kind of start to put some of the conversation on these guys like Chubb, on Sony Michelle, guys who are starting to emerge a little bit. 
And I think this is a unique opportunity for these guys and the ownership on these guys will be a little bit higher than normal because, well, frankly, it's, there's no other choice. Right. Yeah. I mean, tis the season for value, man. We get towards the end of the year. Guys are hurt. Injuries. Teams are checked out. Other guys are are stepping in and, and playing bigger roles. And, and their price is just it's too nice to pass up. And then we'll talk about some of these backs. But Lamar Miller checks in under five thousand dollars on DK. And he's a guy who's touched a lot of footballs lately. And he's got a great matchup. And McCoy is another guy, maybe not appealing. Good matchup cheap price so there's some value with somebody philip Lindsay is another guy who's come on yeah. strong lately and, and has a great price and you're talking great about matchup too yeah <laughs> and you're talking, ton. oh man and you're talking about aaron jones or talking about um nick chubb aaron jones is another guy who's kind of in in a role now that it took a while from carthy to get it going but he's in a role now in another my, nice matchup so i'm with you on, on Gurley. i like hunt uh McCaffrey obviously uh, but there there are still some, some guys out there there's you know? still some other guys out there that will allow you of course you said you know you put Gurley in a lot of your lineups you're able to do so because of some of the value that this week has to offer and I'll tell you what too when, when you're looking at some of the quarterback position too we're talking about no Breeze we're talking about no Roethlisberger no Rivers and no Wentz and all of a sudden too we're dealing with some quarterbacks who are running a lot more too Actually, no Trubisky, too, uh, before yeah. I even get to that. He's not going to be playing this week again, which, I mean, that just reeks of, hey, let's get him totally. We, we can beat the Giants on the road. We can beat the Lions on the road. We can figure it out. Yeah. We're going to find a way. And I hope they don't get burned by it. I'm a little worried about this one. I was not worried at all against Detroit. I'm a little worried about this one, not because the Giants are any good, Chris, which is because I don't know how many times in the NFL you can keep playing that. We'll figure it out on the road. That gets really tough sometimes. <laughs> yeah, back-to-back weeks. It's, it's really tough. I loved what Matt Nagy did last week, and I was not oh, I love surprised. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 his game plan was perfect. Chase Daniel got the ball to some of his guys in, in space, like Tariq Cohen and, and Taylor Gabriel. Those are the guys who, who led the way. It was quick throws, and he did a really good job. And obviously, the defense can keep you in games. But, yeah, it is a dangerous game when you go back-to-back weeks on the road without your starting quarterback. But uh, I think this defense can do enough, and I think they're another strong DFS play this week. All right, there's a lot to get to, a lot to break down, and me and Meanie got you covered. So we're going to hit a break. We come back. It's time to talk a little bit of Week 13, and we'll start with the early games. You're listening to the pre-snap. We'll be right back right after this. The pre-snap podcast is brought to you by LineStar. Transparent projections, simplified research, advanced signals, and top-rated apps. Dominate DFS. Download for free at LineStarApp.com. All right, let's do it, and let's start with some changes for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They are at home in this one, and the Indianapolis Colts are coming into town. Andrew Luck just keeps dropping 300 everywhere he goes. Uh, I mean, really, it's been quite good. Uh, minus four here is the line. Uh, Indianapolis favorite here, obviously, and the total is 47. So uh, I'm looking at this one, and what, what stands out to me is I know people automatically, they'll start looking at Hyde and Yeldon and start figuring this out. But just because you change your offensive coordinator doesn't mean that all of a sudden the offense becomes good, okay? And it's one thing when you have a David Johnson, Chris, right? And you go, okay, we're going to find ways to utilize him more and get him back to what he used to do. They don't have that premium weapon in that offense. Therefore, there's no reason to get excited about anything that Jacksonville can do. I think Indianapolis covers the four. The 47, that's where I kind of struggle with because from 47, I think you need two to tango. And I don't know if you're going to get that out of Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah, I don't think that you will either. And for Andrew Luck, and we're talking about price changing, Luck was $6,400 last week on DraftKings. He's $5,800 this week for a guy who has cruised. I mean, he's had every single week, you'll look at the touchdowns, three, 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 four, four, three, four. He's been on a heck of a run now for weeks. You got to go all the way back to week two and week three where he didn't hit the 20-point mark on DraftKings or FanDuel. Those were two games early on in the season. Let's remember that he hadn't played a lot of football over the past couple of years. And those were two road games in Washington and in Philadelphia. He played Jacksonville already in week 10 and tossed three touchdowns on them. Now, I don't even know if Jalen Ramsey is going to play in this game. There's been conflicting reports. He's been on the practice field. He hasn't been on the practice field. I don't think it matters because Ramsey was playing in that week 10 game and luck was fine. So I think luck is a contrarian play. And I think they cover as well. I think they cruise. And I think for people who like to, you know, you bet the lines, I wouldn't be shocked if we get to Sunday and this is a five or 
or five and a half um, for Indianapolis. So I think it's going to continue to climb in favor of them. I'm, I'm on board with the Colts. And yeah, I don't think Cody Kessler or, or, or company can, can get it done, man. I'm just not feeling too confident in this offense without Leonard Fournette, what they want to do. I'm interested slightly in tournaments in TJ Yeldon to go look back at a game earlier in the year when uh, Fournette didn't play and it was Carlos Hyde. Now that was the first game. Yeldon did have nine targets, seven, seven catches. He has multiple games this season, one with eight catches, one with six, one with five, just three weeks ago against the Colts. So I'm interested in him a little bit in tournaments as, as you know, he's going to catch a few balls, but maybe DD Westbrook as well. But there's not a lot to get excited about in this offense, Joe. I'd probably take the under. Well, I'm, and I'm thinking about that 47 number and I'm thinking to myself, all right, like I think, I think Indianapolis wins this one pretty easily. And I just don't think Jacksonville and Cody Kessler can, and look, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's one of these shocking things, but I, I have a hard time. I look at this game and I'm looking at like 24, 13, like that's the kind of score I'm looking at. I mean, maybe they get a touchdown, a couple field goals and you know, Indianapolis from a defensive standpoint, they've gotten more pressure on the quarterback recently. That's been very positive for them. And I just look at it. I'm like, I, I just think Indianapolis gets up early and they keep their, they, they take their foot off the gas a little bit and they kind of coast through this one. And it's an, I know it's an in-division game and I know those can be chippy sometimes, but I think Jacksonville's just quit, Chris. Yeah, it doesn't look like they're... I mean, they're the, the, the mood in that locker room between the Bortles benching, between Jalen Ramsey's mouth, between Fournette's suspension, between the coach, and it doesn't seem... I, I it just... You know, they got an OC fired. I don't know. This this looks like a toxic situation, and that does not bode well for Jacksonville, even at home. No, they have three wins on the year, and they've lost seven straight football games. I mean, they just lost to Buffalo. And then, you know, <laughs> say Buffalo's that again. Like, I just want everyone to hear it again. They just yeah. lost to Buffalo. They right? just lost to Buffalo. Like, yeah. credit to their defense. It's it's phenomenal. It's top notch. But uh, they, you know, they were really never in that game. They They came on strong late. But this is a team that I agree with you. I think they're checked out. Uh, I, I see a 24, 17 kind of style. Maybe, maybe they get to 17 points, but you I know Ebron's the one guy for me in this game. Cause I, yeah. I don't want a whole lot of shares of this game, but Ebron's price is still where it should be, especially on the FanDuel side. And I feel like Ebron has that, that touchdown upside you want every week. I understand there's some risk in terms of, you know, volume and all that, but Andrew Lux played very well. I don't want too many other pieces, even if Ramsey's out of this game. T.Y. is an intriguing piece, but I, I feel like if, you know, if you really want to play in tournaments, you got to have guys, your teams are going back and forth with each other. And I don't think Jacksonville's going to hold up their end of the bargain. Yeah. Well, just, you know, quickly before we move on to this game, there's a stretch there with Ebron and yeah, I mean, he's got more touchdowns this year than he had in four years with Detroit, uh, maybe unsustainable, but um, in, in some of the games that Doyle didn't play in particular, the game against Philadelphia I was mentioning where they lost 11 targets, five catches next week, 10 targets, five catches yeah. the next week, You're 15 right. targets, nine catches. This guy was getting double digit looks without Jack Doyle on the field. So don't be surprised if that happens again. This and the one place Jacksonville is a little weak, I think is linebacker. Yeah, absolutely. That's the way so, I mean, that's, that's, that's the one place I think you want to attack them anyway. All right, let's do uh Pittsburgh. Uh, actually, no, Pittsburgh got switched to the night game right now. Correct. Yeah, They're flexed. So they're the flex now. So that means Seattle's gone back to four o'clock. So let's, let's skip that one. Cause that's out of the, the realm. Let's do Carolina at Tampa and uh, Carolina favored by three and a half year on the road. I'm actually surprised that it's just three and a half. And I know I've been the guy who's hammering Carolina on a weekly basis, telling everybody they're soft. Uh, last week, that was another call. Seattle upset. Hello. Yeah. All oh, over yeah. that one. I said and the over too. Oh, oh, we nailed everything about that game. It was so good. It tasted delicious. Uh, <laughs> but, and then, you know, this number is 54 and a half. Uh, you know, that, that's, that's, that number we could discuss, but let's start with the three and a half because I thought that this would open up at least four or more. I, I, th- I thought that, I mean, Tampa's so bad defensively. I just don't get even on, on the road why Carolina wasn't favored by more. Yeah, I, I've hammered Carolina on this. I'm with you. Uh, no surprise. I, I just think that I know it's on the road here, but, and they've struggled lately to close out games, but this is, this is must win territory for them. They have a better overall football team than Tampa Bay. Both defenses are really struggling, but the Bucks, I mean, it's just on a whole nother level with this team. They've allowed a league high 26 passing touchdowns. They've been up the second most points per game. They rank 32nd against the pass, according to football outsiders. 14 rushing touchdowns allowed just two back of the lead league. So uh, across the board, can't stop the pass, can't stop the run. And what I've seen from Carolina lately with DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey is just, it's been phenomenal. And North Turner has got this offense rolling, get the ball to these guys in space and let them go. So I, I, I 
actually don't mind that total because Carolina's defense has has struggled as it's well, fair. 27th against the pass. And they make runs. Tampa does make runs. They yeah, they really do. Place, James fair. throws the ball a ton, and they're still leading the league in yards and passing yards. So I know it's a high total, but I will lean that way. But I'm with you. I think Carolina wins this game by by a touchdown. I'd even go as high as five and a half. I think that they can they can win by six. Yeah, points. I agree. I agree. I think you definitely, you know, you definitely take Carolina on that side. That's the easy one. Uh, you know, also going to this game too. Devin Funches is back in this one. So I think that hurts Samuel. Would you agree with that? I don't yeah, think I it hurts agree. more, but I think it hurts Samuel. Yeah. I, I think it hurts Samuel. Maybe, you know, Greg Olson, a, few, a couple fewer targets, but and I don't mean hurt in terms of like, Oh my God. Like, it, I just mean hurt in terms of potential. Oh, volume. Yeah. Like, you know, not the fun, just snaps. Yeah, <laughs> like, I exactly. think that's the problem, you know. And you know, Funches has been kind of an afterthought of late, but he's still on the field, and he's going to take away from a little bit of what they do with Samuel, some reverses and some some trickery. But uh, DJ Moore is he's he's come on, he's here now. It, it took a little bit. Sometimes it does for some of these rookie wideouts. He looks good. Now Christian McCaffrey, I love in this game, but I'm on the fence about Newton. How, how do you feel about Newton in this one? Yeah, I feel fine with Newton. He's been pretty safe, consistent. I mean, no quarterback has. I mean, he leads all he, all quarterbacks in, in rushing yards and carries, so you have that bit of a safe floor from him. He has at least two passing touchdowns in every single game but one, and you got to go all the way back to week one where he didn't have any passing touchdowns against Dallas. And, hey, maybe Dallas' defense is legit. We saw that on Thursday night. But at least 23 fantasy points in every road game, so I'm not worried about that either. I, I think he's a fine play. I think he's going to continue to get the ball, like I said, to more McCaffrey. So I, I, he's always been one of those cash quarterbacks that I don't mind paying up for because there's just some consistency with him. I mean, it's, it's 20 points every single week, basically. One week, 15, he didn't have it in Pittsburgh. That was his worst game of the year. All right, this one I'm excited about. All right, Atlanta is hosting Baltimore. Atlanta's favored by one and a half right now. Uh, the wacky line <laughs> oh, man. and it opened up Baltimore two and a half favorites. It's I know. Long. So it moved it. And, and I understand why. And it's some of the, the questions about Gus Edwards health. Uh, we'll see what the practice situation is. Obviously we're doing this Friday morning. So keep an eye on that, but we always want to target the running backs against the Atlanta Falcons. So Edwards is another guy. If he's healthy and practicing, that's a guy we we get back out there and he's certainly relevant again. But the guy I really want to talk about is Lamar Jackson because I think he can do enough and especially break one here where Atlanta who hates to tackle anybody. If Lamar Jackson, I mean, he has that opportunity to break a 60 yard run in this game without a doubt. And I think that that's the thing that you, you look for. And in terms of passing, I think it was a better week for him last week. So I think they're showing some improvement. there, showing a little bit more confidence. Yeah. It's hard to go on the road, but it's in a dome. I think if you get that guy in a dome on the turf, I think that's a scary proposition for a defense for Lamar Jackson to try to cover him. Yeah, we were on him last week as being a, a cash guy, as somebody yeah, that you, we are. Could, you could roll in because of his floor, and he ended up with 22 fantasy points, so that's perfect. That's what you wanted. And from he's still just 75 on the family. Yeah, he's yeah. Still, he has not been bumped up. No, he hasn't. So, um, yeah, 75 on FanDuel and 59 on DraftKings. That's only $200 more than last week in, in, in another solid matchup. So, yeah, 150, 150 passing yards, 178. It doesn't matter when you're going to run the ball 37 times is how many times he's run the ball in those two games and just shy of 200 yards had the rushing touchdown last week. So I'm with you. I think he's another, another strong play in cash. Like I wouldn't, I'm not crazy about him in tournaments because I don't know if he'll throw the ball enough, but in cash, he's fine because like you said, he's, he's going to run around and the matchup is good against the Falcons. So they've just struggled all year to, to stop anybody really. So um, yeah, continue to dial up Lamar Jackson. He's gonna he, he does a lot for you in ter- to be able to play the girlies of the world. You need to have this kind of value, and that's what we have for Lamar at fifty nine hundred dollars and seventy five of Vandal. Yeah, I, I think it's a great spot for him. Let's talk about the other side of this game too. Talk about Atlanta now. Julio's had a good season. The touchdowns have come back in the last few weeks. I know last week wasn't one, but still, uh, certainly going in the right direction there. But yet that running game is really just completely stalled out. That's I feel not like, it's not there. you know, it's just, it's just bad. And so, uh, you know, from the last side, it's hard to get excited and Baltimore defensively is still, high, you know, I still got a lot of respect for that defense. So this is a, this is a weird game where you know, I, there's Edwards and Jackson, and then there's no other pieces in this game that really excite me. But I do think Edwards and Jackson until Atlanta proves they can stop any running back or anybody who can run. <laughs> like I just don't want to, uh, I just don't want to get into it. <laughs> I just don't. Oh. 
and that's going to be the game plan. And and you can get a little bit worried. I I at least get a little bit worried when I know that a team is going to want to just rely on their defense, slow the pace down, run the football, and you know kick field goals. <laughs> really, it is, seems that simple with Baltimore. This is a team has allowed the second, actually the fewest yards per game, two hundred ninety five. The second fewest passing yards, the third fewest rushing yards, and the fewest points per game. And you look at Atlanta, this is a team is averaging the second fewest rushing yards per game. You're right. They don't have a run game, man. They really don't. They've they've lost Freeman. Tevin Coleman has not been able to step up and and run the football productively for this team. So there's not a lot to like about it. It's a strong defense. You could probably play Julio in, in tournaments, um, but I think his upside is capped because of the strong secondary. So it's it's a game that I actually kind of lean towards the under. And yeah, the 48. Yeah. You know what? It's hard to go with the unders in Atlanta it is, <laughs> typically, but you know what? If, if this is one of these games, that's going to get a little bit more grind in it because of what Baltimore's trying to do offensively and because of their defense, I, I, I 48 is it's right on the border. And yeah. I'll tell you what, this is a number I stay away from. Yeah. 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 Me same. It's not my, it's not my favorite. There's a bunch more I like, but I see a 24, 21. I could see that kind of, that kind of score, which would All right. creep under. Let's go to the Cleveland Browns. They're heading to Houston. Houston's favored by six in this one. The uh, total is 47. Uh, look, you know, Dick Chubb's been terrific. And I think, you know, there's a lot of confidence after they really, you know, stuck it to the Bengals and Hugh Jackson and that whole narrative. And I fear, I fear a bit of a letdown. Oh, is, and it's funny because I feel like I'm the Cleveland Brown whisperer. I feel like that's my lot in life all of a sudden since Baker Mayfield got there. And I feel like all the emotion last week, it turns into a bit of a letdown when they have to go into Houston. I think Houston is one of these teams that they're going to get back home here. They keep winning tough football games. They keep finding ways. And I think this one in Houston with that air attack, I think that's going to be a lot for Cleveland to handle as much as I love Chubb and Baker Mayfield has had some moments here. I feel like Houston actually covers this number. Yeah, I agree with you. Actually, I jumped all over. It opened up at four and a half. I jumped all over Houston right away. You mentioned it's at six. It's gonna be a tough game for Baker Mayfield to go into Houston and be productive. I know he's been really good of late. It's funny, like Williams gets promoted to, you know, offense and calling some plays. The offense is rolling the defense is garbage. Um, but nonetheless, Houston is, is a tough team to throw on. They're a tough team to run on and the fifth fewest rushing yards allowed per game, their top five in scoring defense. And they've only allowed five rushing touchdowns. This one behind the Chicago bears for the league best. So this is not going to be a Chubb game as much as Chubb has been really, really good over the past few weeks. I'm on par with you there. This is more of a Duke Johnson game, I think, but, um, I don't really want to sprinkle any Cleveland Browns in my lineup and I'll probably stay away from this game as a whole. Uh, I will have some Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins. I think Watson can be a contrarian play. You saw what he did last week. He yeah. still has that rushing ability, 70 rushing yards in the ground, a touchdown. And as I mentioned, the Browns defense has actually been pretty bad. Only the Bengals have given up more yards than them overall. And they've Do you think Watson's a little hesitant still? I, I do. And, you know, you're starting to hear things about Carson Wentz as well about not planning on that foot so both of these guys coming off significant knee injuries so hey you know it takes some time neither of them look like they looked last. no they don't yeah neither of them do and and also what we liked about them certainly what I liked about Watson is that rushing ability it hasn't completely been there now he has had some games with 40 I think he's hit he think he hit 44 of his first five games and then he kind of quieted down a little bit but Wentz it definitely hasn't been there the speed hasn't hasn't been there and he hasn't been running around as much so hesitant for sure but bringing in a, in a guy like michael thomas you know a red zone threat probably only but we saw it last week a couple touchdowns from him that's a boost for deshaun watson the run game is working right now lamar miller this is a good football team in houston they got a good defense i actually think this one can hit the 47 i think it can go over and yeah yeah you know, i think I, I think houston's gonna put up near 30 points and cleveland has some respect for themselves so i think they'll you know in garbage time if it does come to that that they they'll they won't they're not gonna quit the Cleveland Browns, I don't think are a team that's going to quit right now. And I think they have a different mode, but I do think they're going to have a letdown here for sure. And I do think Houston wins this football game. And, you know, I'm talking about, I wonder also, is it, is it the league figuring out guys like Watson and, and Wentz a little bit, or is it really just still their physical confidence in what they're doing out there? Cause I, I think next year that's going to really kind of tell that tale, but do you have a beat on that right now? Yeah, I think you're right. Next year would we'll definitely have the answer, but I think it's more of, you know, in, 
just physical. the injury just yeah it's a tough injury to to come back from from sure for sure i you know i heard reports that the saints were looking into some analytical numbers and if you hold Wentz to a certain amount of throws then you win the football game i don't think there's a large enough sample size to see that just i agree not enough sample size to make that at all yeah, all right let's wait. let's do one more really exciting game before we head out here uh, miami hosting buffalo <laughs> Total is at 40 here. I mean, I, I kid, but yet the Buffalo defense, you know, they show up, man. Those guys are tough. I give them a lot of credit. Miami's favored oh, by yeah, four man. in this one. This is another one of these games that, I mean, from a fantasy perspective, I, I, I nobody's going to be on this game at all. I mean, I, I can understand. <laughs> I can understand once in a while. People go, well, maybe I want to take a shot on Drake or maybe I want to, you know, take a crazy shot on, on a Buffalo defense or something like that. Who's played well at times this year. But I don't know. I, I just run away from this game. I just turn around. I see this line. I see the four. I could see Buffalo winning this game. I really could. I mean, I'd actually think that they do. I, you know what? I'm glad you said that because I, I have very li- I'll tell you what. I will at least say this. I, the, the number of the total, I don't want any part of whatsoever. But I will say, I don't, I, I don't think Miami can cover four. <laughs> I just don't think they can. I'm just... It's going to continue to create. It was five and a half at one point. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, why? Are, why is Miami favorite? It's going to be a big of my Sunday. <laughs> you know what? It could be. I would not be shocked if it's three. It's. I think it could definitely be three by Sunday. You mentioned the Bills' defense, second fewest yards allowed per game, fewest passing yards allowed per game. They give up the fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks and to wide receivers. They're strong against the tight end. Overall, fantasy football. The football outsiders have them as the top pass defense in football because of white in the cornerback he he can't throw his way because he's too he's, he's amazing so i i agree that it's just stay away from a fantasy standpoint i mentioned shady off the top just because it's a really good matchup against the dolphins they've struggled against the run but at the same time josh allen has two fewer red zone rushing attempts than mccoy and he's just going to call his own number he's got four rushing touchdowns on the season so um probably just to stay away altogether but maybe think about buffalo here yeah, I, I, I can, you know, Buffalo defense is not a terrible move here. Tanhill certainly prone to turnovers. I mean, there's, there's definitely opportunity here for a Buffalo defense play outside of that. I got nothing. And actually there's, there's, you know, and sometimes there's reason to look at the game. Nobody else wants and look at it from an ownership perspective and from a price perspective, but I just don't see this being that one. So don't do it. All right. We're going to hit a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about what we think of the bears without Trubisky a second time on the road right here on the pre-snap the pre-snap podcast is brought to you by line star transparent projections simplified research advanced signals and top rated apps dominate dfs download for free at linestarapp.com welcome back everybody the pre-snap right here on the line star app joe pizapia chris meany you can follow him on twitter at chris meany and follow me at joe pizapia 17 for all of your uh, your fantasy needs. You can also check out all the great stuff over on the Line Star app. They've got all kinds of incredible tools for you to get after it, uh, whether it's player matchups, whether it's evaluating tools. There's nothing better than the Line Star app, so make sure you're using it for all of your DFS needs. Let's talk about the Chicago team. You know, we kind of teased it at the top here. Second week in a row for Chase Daniel. Second week in a row, they're going on the road. Giants are not a good football team. It's just kind of like a heavyweight matchup, though, between that, Chicago Bear defense against the Giants and Saquon Barkley. It's really Saquon Barkley versus the defense. I feel like this is the only thing I care about watching in this game at all. And it it has potential too on Sunday to be the weather is not official yet, but it could be a little rainy. So how do you think this kind of enters into the Chicago Giants game? Yeah, sloppy. (laughs) Sloppy indeed. The Bears are favored by four. Yeah, tricky number. I think it is. It is a tricky. It's right in between where you know uh, it's like okay, you feel good about picking a team on the road to win by a field goal, but can they can they win by you know a touchdown or a couple field goals? I feel like they can. And early on, when this line first came out, I was like, you know what? I think the Giants can cover this at home. I think that they can keep this close. Uh, but the more I think about it, the more I just want to give the credit to the Chicago Bears and their defense and the fact that what I seen last week with the Giants, I just can't trust them, Joe. I mean, last week they came out strong against the Eagles. They should have won that football game. And in the second half when they're up and Philly wasn't doing anything, they give Saquon Barkley the ball four times. He carried the ball four times in the second uh, half. It's just so there was no and They didn't take the shots that they should have taken when they had opportunities. And, and, you know, Odell did call them out. Yet it's funny because the Bears are still... 
top of the FanDuel heap in terms of price. They're 4,800 on the FanDuel side. So, you know, they, they expect them to be able to go in there and, and yeah. Yeah, turnovers for this group seems like a lock. And I, I don't like to pay up for defense, but if you want to, this is a week where you can justify it. Yeah. I don't like to as well, but you're right. I'm with you that you can justify it. I mean, there are, Ranked first in picks and return touchdowns. They've allowed the second fewest points. They rank and they're going to be on the stack. field more too, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. because because their inability probably with Chase Daniel to make too much happen offensively. I imagine that Bears defense is on for another, I don't know, two to three more series than they normally would have. Yeah, where uh, it's a little bit more back and forth. So there's a lot of opportunity for them to score on defense too in this game. Yeah, they may be my favorite player, you know, in general in the game. I think Matt Nagy did a good job of just playing to Chase Daniel's strengths and Daniel, his strengths. And we've seen that with Trubisky. I mean, he's not the, the greatest quarterback, but you get the ball to his weapons. Tariq Cohen had a, had a nice game, had a touchdown last week against Detroit, almost had a second one. Daniel just overthrew him slightly in the end zone. And then Taylor Gabriel led the way with eight targets and seven catches. So those are the two guys that are going to get the ball in space, quick throws, make things easy for Chase. But it's tough, man, to go in and for a guy who's only made three starts in his career to go in and and play again another road game for him i just i don't see him as a as a fantasy option i know he's cheap at forty eight hundred dollars it's a stay away i just it's a messy game 44 and a half too i want the under in this game yeah i think it's an under i think it's a it's a, a low scoring this is a 20 this has these reeks of like 2016 i wish i could get excited about jordan howard in a good matchup i mean we've talked about no nah, i can't do it weeks. anymore yeah you can't to me you really can't because ever since that team traded snacks away harrison is they've struggled to stop the run we saw it with adams last week and philly his breakout game and ap and brita and and barbara those guys have had 100 yard games over the past few weeks as well but you, you just I you can't go down the road again with Howard until you see it. he's hardly touching the football. Yeah. And the only thing I do kind of like in this game offensively, too, is, a, you know, the Giants always struggle against the tight end. Trey Burton, I, I think, has opportunity here in this game. I'm not saying it's a lock play. I'm saying if you're trying to either play multiple lineups and you want to differentiate off of Ebron or whatever. And, you know, the problem is, like, on the FanDuel side, him and Ebron are like neck and neck in price. And that's a no brainer with yeah. no Jack Doyle. So the ownership is going to be super low, but it's really just a differentiator more than anything. Cause I think Burton has an opportunity here to score a touchdown, but it's, it's unfortunately the pricing is not enough of a down pricing. Cause I think there was anticipation of Trubisky being back and that didn't feel if it, if he was like, if he was three or $400 under Ebron, it would be a, a yeah. one over on DraftKings, he's 400 cheaper. I think it's a good call by you because he had seven targets in that game. Yeah. And he had one the week before, four the week before that, and then combined for seven. He's a good fit with Daniel. And for, you know, yes. again, the Giants haven't stopped a tight end this decade. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, know, and, that, and that's actually not an exaggeration. I just want to point that out. That is, that is actual legitimate, correct. No. <laughs> it is 2016 yeah baby all right let's go to denver broncos who are riding a mile high right now and they're riding into cincinnati off a huge w against the pittsburgh steelers we said that game would be uh super close and tight and it was uh denver defense has a lot of confidence right now off of that one uh they're favored by five on the road against cincinnati cincinnati without dalton this number is 45 I do think there's opportunity for the over here on the 45. Not much. Again, the 45 is is tight. The five is another one tight too. I just don't. Denver on the road has not have been not been good. They did no. steal a victory there against the Chargers a couple weeks ago. I want to give them credit, but it's not comfortable. You mentioned Lindsay. To me, that's the one thing in this game that I'm excited about. Everything else, I again run the other way. Yeah, no, this line keeps jumping up as well, Joe. It opened up at three and a half for Denver. That's a, yeah. And now five it's five. Five is tough. It's really tough for me. I, I don't think they can me. cover the five. I don't, I don't think so either. I, you know, you look They're at not the, dynamic enough offensively to cover a five. That's, just, exactly. that's the problem. No dynamic. I mean, it's, I, I love Manny Sanders, but that's it. They're not dynamic. Yeah, <laughs> okay. you're right. Yeah, you're. I, I 100% agree. I think this is a field goal game. I think that they can win this football game on the road in Cincinnati for sure. But they will win easily, but it won't be by a lot. Does that make sense? It's one of those games where you're not worried about it. Yes, but it's they're not. They're not like blowing it out of the water kind of thing. Yeah, I, I think this is a field goal game, and it's one that I'd stay away from. I don't feel confident to, enough to pick Cincinnati to cover and uh, to stay in it but 
Um, you know, on the money line, I definitely feel comfortable that Denver could win this football game. The rolling defense is good. Cincinnati looks checked out. They're going to roll out Jeff Driscoll. It looks like AJ Green is going to come back, but this defense is playing really good in Denver and I've been impressed, but uh, a lot of this, the Bengals, they look checked out for sure, but I just not confident Joe in Denver winning a football game by, you know, five points on the road. That's, no, I, I don't, I'm not either three, four, at the most five. Once that number went to five, I'm like, Nope. Yeah, Can't do it. I would definitely high. take Cincinnati in that one. I don't think Denver can cover that. All right. Now we're getting to some big boy numbers here. There's a lot of double digit games ahead of us here. I want to start with the Rams at Detroit. The total is 55. It's minus 10 for the Rams. I, I think they cover it. I know it sounds crazy. I feel like the Rams, especially after you have, if you're the Rams, you had to see what happened on Thursday night and go, all right, we are right back in this. Let's go out there and put a hurting on a bad Detroit team. And let's go get after it. And I think they will. And a Detroit team that's, I know they've gotten better since they brought snacks in there, but it's Todd Gurley still. And I still feel like Todd Gurley is a guy you have to account for. And he's special. So no matter how good you are against the, you know, let's go get new Orleans. How good were they against the run? Yeah. Well, Todd Gurley still put up a ton of points. So yeah. Did he ever? Yeah. So let's, let's not, let's not pretend like all of a sudden that that's the difference maker. All of a sudden Detroit can stop Todd Gurley because they can't. Yeah. And coming off, a buy where and the game before that was a shootout where he didn't get a whole lot of play and some reports came out with an ankle injury but also it was a shootout <laughs> these guys are right. just trading punches and this is a game where this is one of my favorite plays actually one of my favorite picks i think the rams blow out the lions uh, they've just struggled yeah, defensively. this game's got like 31 10 written all over it yeah and if and if Gurley is healthy, he'll be leaned on in in the second half of this football game when they're up. They have the highest team applied total, actually tied with the Chiefs at thirty three point five. And for the Lions, twenty four passing touchdowns allowed, two back of the league lead, and thirty first against the pass. So this is a team that, and you know, offensively, I don't know if they can do a lot either. Joe, Kenny Galladay is a player, but I mean, after that, your Stafford doesn't have any options to throw to. He loses no. Golden Tate, he loses Marvin Jones. They don't have a tight end. They have no run game, really. Don't think Carryon Johnson's going to play. So there's just not a lot to to like from the Detroit side of things. So I think the Rams have their way. is a big number. Though. It's a huge number. I, I, I'll take the under on the total. Yeah, I see. I see. Because I, I said, I gave you the 30, even 31 14. That's still yeah, under. That's still I just don't under. think Detroit can match them. Right. They can't. They can't. They're Kelly's just gonna not put up thirty the points. Ball. Yeah, I just I think fourteen is a solid number. Even if it's thirty to twenty, you're still getting under that. The Rams number. are gonna put a hurting on Detroit this weekend. All right. You heard a hurting. Okay. Yeah, but I, the problem is Detroit can't it, we talked about this before too. It takes two to tango on this show. We talk about all the time when it goes to the totals. You can't look at that number and you can't go, Oh, Rams are gonna blow them out and then all back right. to think fifty five is easy because the other team has to be involved. Exactly. And that's my problem with Two of these spreads when we'll get to the Chiefs in a little bit, like Chiefs and the Rams. Like I don't think that the Rams. Oh, that's an awful. Yeah. Oh, so it's all oh, you and I are in lockstep there too. Yeah. Get, let's let's do the other giant one. Green Bay favored by fourteen against Arizona. This is another one. This is another one here. So fourteen. Arizona forty four and a half is the number. Uh, I I I, <laughs> I don't think Green Bay should be favored by fourteen against anybody. I don't either. Even I at agree. home. I think. Uh, I can stomach the 14 more than I can the 44 and a half. Yeah. Cause you're asking Arizona to put up 14 points. And I yeah. think that's a lot. I think yeah. you're asking a lot for Arizona to put up 14. Yeah, you are. The, the defense has been, has been solid, man. It really has. They've allowed the fewest, the, oh, I think the third fewest passing touchdowns and their top five against the pass overall. They're good against quarterbacks, uh, pretty solid against wide receivers I don't know. This game really honestly trips me up. 14 and a half. I, it opened and I was like, oh, I'm taking Arizona. And then it's like, oh, 14. It's funny how just that half point, to, like a two score to a three score is, is significant when you're talking about spreads. Uh, you get that threat of the backdoor cover. DJ's playing a little bit better. Larry Fitz. I know that Christian Kirk has played a little bit more in the slot. It's almost like they're transitioning. Yeah, but now then you're asking him to go on the road in the green yeah, Bay and, and the weather. That's and what I was going to say. I mean, there's no way these guys are going to, they're soft, man. <laughs> so I, I could see like a 21, seven game. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's what's funny. And Cause that's, that's exactly that what I want to get to. Cause because I don't see them blowing up the score, Aaron Rodgers is not appealing to me in this game at all. No, uh, he's not. Like I said, Jones and Adams are appealing. Jones and Adams singularly, <laughs> I like, but not paired with Aaron Rodgers. I don't think there is enough here. I think Adams will have his touchdown and his 100 yards. I think Aaron Jones will have a touchdown and 100 yards. 
but I don't think any of it is going to give Aaron Rodgers enough of a a big time fantasy boon because there's other quarterback options there who are going to match him. I just don't see them. Green Bay will be up. They'll take their foot off the gas and that's it. This is not a game where I just feel like it gets out of control because they just don't care. So. Listen, Aaron Rodgers has thrown two or fewer passing touchdowns in six straight games and nine of his 11 contests. He has one, two, three, four games where he's thrown just one passing touchdown and he's been held under 200 passing yards in two of his last three games. I, I'm a believer in this Arizona secondary. I know Devontae Adams is is matchup proof and I know this is a good matchup for Aaron Jones in the ground, but I'm not sold on Aaron Rodgers being fantasy relevant again this week and MBS has just been invisible and I don't know if he's going to bounce back. We say, yeah, sure. Oh, it's a good bounce back spot for. Nope. Nope. Not, I'm not buying into any, it's Adams, no. it's Jones and walk away. That's yeah. It. Walk away. That's yeah, it. I and and I think, and I think both of those guys are good. If Fandle side, Jones's price is right. Jones is great. Talk, yeah. Talk about Chubb. We talked about Jones, talk about Lindsay, Sony, Michelle. We'll talk about in a little bit too. Those guys I think are all in good spots where in terms of return on investment, if you don't want to go mer- if you want to back off the girly McCaffrey uh, high ownership, cause it's going to be there, but there's times where the high ownership and the chalk is right. Yeah. Right. But if you don't want to go that route and you want to try in a little differential, I think that's where you do it. I think that it's in these kind of guys like Jones, but not with Rogers telling you right now. All right, let's do Kansas city. There's another one, 14 and a half at Oakland. Uh, the number is 55. I am, I am all about taking the 14 and a half. You can suck on the 55, dude. I am, I'm no, there's no way. What are my expectations here? That my expectation for them to hit 55, you would have to get 45 out of Kansas city. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Listen, and I don't think that's, I think they, they, they're up by so much in this game that the fourth quarter, you don't see hunt and Mahomes in these guys. And that's my worry with this game from a, from a DFS standpoint is you're not going to get a fourth quarter of these guys. And that's going to hurt the number. Like the numbers will be great but not what they could have been for the price you have to pay. Yeah, I was saying this yesterday to Mike Gray for the fantasy footballers, do a little DFS with them too, is I just don't see – it's tough to roll out these Chiefs, I think, in tournaments because to what you said, who knows if they're going to play in the fourth quarter. Like Kareem Hunt has a phenomenal matchup, but there's really going to be no reason. If they're up by 30 or three, four scores, there's no reason to roll out. Like Abraham Lincoln for a second. <laughs> Three four scores. <laughs> Three four scores. Our forefathers <laughs> lost a ton of money. And they're gonna put in the under <laughs> Spencer Ware, the savior. Um, there's there'll be no reason to roll out these guys. So it, you're not reaching that full, you know, maximum output, that upside. But at the same time, I think they're finding cash because if it gets to that point, they all get theirs and and they're safe and they're gonna score some points. But how is Oakland going to be able to, to kind of keep up? And they just can't, right? Derek Carr has thrown fewer than 200 yards in four of his past six games. He also has three contests over that span where he has zero, zero touchdowns. So I think the Chiefs DST is in play for sure. They're getting after the quarterback. They're starting to get some picks. They're playing much better lately. And I love to just pick a defense going up against an offense that's going to have to throw the football. They're going to have to throw and for Carr to throw more than we normally see. That's, that's a cause for disaster. That's just turnovers waiting to happen. So I love KC defense. I'm with you. I like the under, but surprisingly, Joe is looking more at the chiefs and, you know, in these games that they've had, they were big favorites against the 49ers only one by 11 didn't cover right big favorites against denver in denver that's a tough matchup but they only won by four division denver's a, i would give everybody a pass yep. in denver denver's a disaster Same. to play in <laughs> and the second time around and the second time around they played denver at home and they didn't cover they only won by seven that was close i think they were seven and a half favorites and then in errors against arizona week 10 at home they didn't cover they only won by 12 they struggled you know I, I actually think they can cover this one but, i do too but the un the the 55 is a farce uh, whoever came out, that is just such a farce. I mean, you take that all day. They, I'm telling you, they have to score 45 for that. No, and that's not happening. They're not gonna. Ha- they're not gonna be in the game long enough. Yeah, this is a game where if you're the Chiefs, you play, you win this, you win this game at halftime, and then and then you rest everybody. Yeah, 38 10 final. Uh, yeah, 38-10. and 38 10 kids. That's 48. It's still. It's still nowhere near the number. <laughs> 
Uh, all right, let's go back. Let's go. We got to bring ourselves back down after these double. There's three straight double digits games. You don't see that very often. No, you don't. Actually, got a fourth one remaining. Still, there's another one laying out there. So we're gonna we're gonna do a couple of the other ones. We're gonna hit a break because we need a break after these giant lines here. When we come back, we're gonna talk about the one big remaining double digit game uh, in terms of spread that we have to talk about. Plus. A big-time battle here between what I thought was going to be the Super Bowl. You're listening to the pre-snap right here on the Line Star app with Joe and Chris. We'll be right back after this. The pre-snap podcast is brought to you by Line Star. Take your DFS game to a whole new level. Build winning lineups with the best tools on the market. Download now at LineStarApp.com and start winning. All right, I know everyone's excited for the New York Jets traveling to Tennessee. I know this is like just everybody's favorite football game. Tennessee favored by eight in this one. Uh, There's whispers of Darnold probably playing in this one, but that goes back and forth. He was limited in practice. McCown was limited, but it seemed like that was more maintenance issue. If McCown plays in this one, I think all of a sudden Jermaine curse becomes another one of these guys with just high target potential where he's his favorite target. He was last year when they were playing so I feel like there's opportunity there for McCown and Curse as like, you're looking for a lineup builder guy who's got high volume potential. He's it Tennessee. I can't get excited about anything. I can't buy into anything in e- any of this game. The numbers 40 and a half. Uh, I could see this being under, I don't know about you. Yeah. I think it's like a 2010 game. <laughs> I don't know how, I mean, then, then you see Tennessee covering though. I, That's a huge that, number for Titans. It, you know, it, <laughs> eight, eight. Yeah, um, who's playing quarterback here for Tennessee? Is Steve McNair back from the dead playing quarterback for Tennessee? I mean, what's happening here? Eight? Yeah, so it is eight. I see even in some some spots nine, and that that is that is high. There's there's no reason for this Titans team to. And I don't like the Jets, but geez. (laughs) Yeah, that that's high. I um, you know, there's no again, there's no reason for this Tennessee. They rank in the bottom in every single offensive category, like rushing the football, running the scoring. Um, offense in general they just they've struggled to score points I I have some slight interest in Corey Davis because I've noticed the Jets have given up they've given up a, a passing touch into a wide receivers and every Corey Davis is another guy I've I've, I've Corey fiddled Davis, with Corey, him yeah, Corey, in, yeah. I, I fiddled with him in some lineups and and from a price perspective it's nice uh, but at, at the same time you wonder like where's the upside like everything's always got to go right yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. It it has recently. It has. I know. Uh, I'm just afraid. It, you, <laughs> I don't I, know. you should be afraid. I mean, everybody should be because of this offense and Mariotti. You don't know when he's going to be taken out of the game. And again, they don't score a lot of points. They don't really move the football. And is he's really their only weapon. So it, it's tough to stretch the field. It's tough to establish a run game. They haven't been able to do that this year. So it, it's tough to feel good about anybody in this offense. Like I said, I see 30 points, maybe max. I'll lean with the Jets here to cover. That's that's a it's a high point total for for anybody. Um, and if and Darnold does play, you know, I'll probably play the Saints defense as somebody who has 14 interceptions this year, or the Saints defense, the Titans defense. You have 14 picks for Darnold. Yeah, and, well, yeah. If Darnold if Darnold plays, then Tennessee defense becomes a, a certain option for sure, without a doubt. Uh, all right, let's talk about the New England Patriots. They are at home against the Minnesota Vikings. This was my Super Bowl pick. So uh, I don't know. It's not looking great right now. For it's either. not bad. I had the Vikings in the Super Bowl as it's well. Not bad. I, I just, I really thought the Vikings with Cousins were going to roll. And look, maybe they're the team that gets hot. That You know, that's the thing. We still got a couple weeks left. And we all know that last month when we turned December, some teams just get hot and it just carries over. You know, the Rams had the opening run, then the Saints took over. I mean, it could be the Vikings. If the Vikings steal OW here against New England, uh, that would certainly be a huge one for them. I don't think they will. However, that five number for New England, I don't like at all. Uh, I think this is definitely a tighter game than that. I think three is a much closer. So I'm definitely uh, taking the points here. Uh, I, I want the Minnesota side of this one for sure. 49 and a half. That I feel a little bit better about because so far, every time one of these big time teams comes into New England, it becomes a shootout. Yeah. And I'm, I think it, 
I'm on Minnesota for sure. Not to win, but I like that as well. I like that call by you. I think it's, I think it's a field goal game. I think they can generate enough pressure. You know, you and I have talked before on, on how to give Brady, you know, fits and the giants have done it before in the past. I look at just a couple of weeks ago and what the Titans were able to do, just dial up some pressure, you know, right in the middle and get after Brady. I think the Vikings can do that and they're really strong against the run. So I think that they'll have their way with, you know, some of these running backs. I'm interested to get your take on, James White as a potential sneaky little tournament option is somebody who's been pretty quiet recently, right? I mean, yeah, five yards two weeks ago, and then last week he's he has the nine for seventy three. Well, that's but, because Michelle's looks so good again. You know what? Yeah. And now Burkhead's back. Got but, like, they were rolling. White could be White could be a sneaky little if they struggled to move the ball on the ground with Michelle and Burkhead's back. People are not thinking about White. Like, can't White catch five or six balls? I mean, he leads the team in red zone targets as well. I mean, he could have a, a decent, he could be a sneaky little play this week. Oh, I definitely think White is. I think both of those guys are in play. Uh, and when I look at this game, you know, to me, it's Sony Michelle is the guy I prefer because I think he has a little bit more of that appeal. And what I've seen out of the Patriots offense recently has been that, which is when they run Sony Michelle, they are a more effective offense. They just are. At this point in time in Brady's career, I'm not, taking shots at Brady, but you know, at this point in time, he's better when there's a running game. He was better last, you know, when Dion Lewis was rocking and rolling, they were better. They were just a, they're a more complete team and it takes a little pressure off him. And it takes a little pressure off guys like Gordon too. And, and Gronk is not Gronk anymore. So they've really searching for an identity and the identity honestly has been the running game, which is not something you would expect out of the Patriots, but that's what Belichick does. He takes what he has. And right now that's what he's got. So, Makes I think White's why they took him the first round. Well, I think White will definitely be part of it. I, I, Thielen's the guy in this one that I'm worried about. I think Thielen is a bad investment this week because that's what Belichick does. Thielen is clearly the guy. They're going to do everything they can to shut Thielen down and make Diggs, who's not 100%, make Cook, make Kirk Cousins beat you. And, and if you take Thielen out of the equation, I think they could struggle here a little bit. That's, yeah, that's my thought. That's uh, I'm a little worried about that as well for Thielen. I've been thinking about that because he has seven games this season with a hundred yards and a touchdown, only two games this year without a touchdown and only two games this year where he hasn't hit that century yard mark. So uh, he's obviously been fantastic this year, but when it comes to the Patriots and Bill Belichick, I mean, they do such a good job of taking away the opposing team's best player making them non-existent. So I do have some slight and slight concerns with Thielen, but you know, Gilmore's done such a great job. I think he'll be on digs, and I think it just it'll be hard to slow down Thielen, um, even though it is the Patriots. I still think he'll get double-digit targets in this game and, and get 100 yards because, as you said, a shootout, they can definitely see that with these two teams. I'm going to go over the number. I'm going to pick the Vikings, and, you know, I'm going to kind of stay away in general from a fantasy standpoint. There's other games I'd rather attack. Like I said, I like White. I think he's a sneaky play. Edelman is pretty solid and safe all year long. You could play Gronk as well um, in a tournament if you want. I think people could will still shy away from him because of the price. Yeah, and and they're not wrong to. I mean, the, the problem with that price when it comes to him is it, it, it's gotten it's gotten better. I mean, it's sixty seven last week. I forget what it was on the Fanduel side, but it was in the sixty seven hundred range. And I know he got the touchdown, so he paid, and that's great. But he's still not healthy, and I don't know. I mean, I'd rather have a thousand dollars in Ebron. That's what I mean. Like he's fifty four hundred dollars <laughs> on DraftKings. You just save yourself almost. You give me, know, give me an extra grand to spend. Yes. <laughs> I just really, at this point, that's what I look at when it comes to them. All right, there's one more game, and it's another double digit one. If you can imagine, mm-hmm. Seattle favored by ten at home against San Francisco. I do think they cover that ten. Forty six. This is another one where it's a, it's a dicey number. I it mean, is. I know this year the scoring's been up, and that's why you see these totals so high. But even in this one, okay, give me your final score in this game. 30 10. 30 that's 10. Six that's, under. that's under the number. I just don't think San Fran can do enough. You know, usually Not when in these that building, teams, Seattle's doing Yeah, that that's what it is. Usually when these two teams play each other, no matter how bad one of them is, now Seattle's been good for a few years now, they usually play pretty close. You know, they tied one year. Uh, the games are, are pretty tight, but there's just nothing to offer from the 49ers standpoint. Like, I don't think Goodwin's going to play. He's dealing with a personal matter. Pierre Garçon has been limited all week. He didn't play last week. Uh, quarterback Middle, play is atrocious. Quarterback play has been bad. Breed has been, has been pretty solid, and he's cheap again. But I just don't see where this team can go into Seattle and score 14 or 17 or 20. And that's what they'll have to do for this number to creep over the 46 so 
Um, Russell Wilson and company, this guy's on a, this guy's in a groove, man. He's not throwing the football a lot. Doesn't do offense. I love more and Lockett in this game. Both Lockett is, I like both of them as well. And for Lockett, I think he's got what, two games of a touchdown. This guy's just scoring touchdowns and earlier in the season, we're like, okay, it's not going to continue because the volume and the catches are out there. But now we're looking at a guy who has five catches in each of his last three games. So the volume is, is starting to be there and he is a big play threat. And he's an option like 67 yards, 71 yards, and 101, 107 yards. Those are his last three games. So he's he's playing really good football right now. He's really, really hard to ignore in this matchup. Yeah, I would agree. All right, it's time to go through and give you our big three and our fade at every position. Uh, let's start with the quarterbacks, my three favorite quarterbacks this week. Uh, Lamar Jackson's top of the list. We mentioned it earlier. I love the opportunity here for him to run around and just cause havoc against Atlanta. So I think he does go over 100 yards, uh, and I think he's going to have a rushing touchdown this one too. I really think he's going to give them fits. Uh, I'm with Chris over here with Watson. I like Watson as well this week. I think that's a good call by him. I think there's good opportunity here as Cleveland kind of comes back down to earth a little bit after a very, very emotional win. And the last one I like, I mean, it might be a wacky one, but I like uh, Russell Wilson against the 49ers. I think he can do a lot. I know they've been running the football a ton, but I think Russell Wilson from a price standpoint is a good spot. And the guy that I'm fading is Aaron Rodgers. Talked about the reasons why. Look, he's just not been good this year. Let's just be honest. He just hasn't. And this is another matchup where I think they win easily. So there's no reason to press where Aaron Rodgers has to put up 350 passing yards in order to win this football game. And when they don't, that means more Aaron Jones. So that's my uh, three and my fade. Who's your three and your fade at quarterback this week, Chris? Yeah, I'll try to be a little bit different from you later on with the fades, but I'm with you with Rodgers. I just don't see it. I'm a, I'm a believer. Hey, in right this. is right, baby. If we're yeah. in there, if you can't, you know, it's, it's. <laughs> I'm a believer in this Arizona secondary. Like, don't be surprised, kids, if the Cardinals back to recover here. But uh, I agree that this is an Aaron Jones game, and they're going to lean on him. And he's coming off a, a career game himself. He's been involved in the, in the, in the passing as well. So Rodgers is a fade. He's, he's too expensive as well. He, he can't play him. Cam Newton and Russell Wilson are my two favorite cash quarterbacks. I like them both. I know Russell's not running around as much as, as in the past, but he's just been really efficient. They have a run game with Chris Carson. And it, they, the offense is just rolling. It's, it's a good spot for them at home. And then, like, you're on Deshaun Watson. I'm on Watson, too. It's a tournament option, a tournament quarterback. Cleveland ranks inside the top 10 in points allowed per game to every single position. Quarterback, wide receiver, running back, and tight end. Their defense has not been good. I like Deshaun Watson. All right. Uh, let's go to the running backs here. Obviously, everybody loves Todd Gurley all the time, so we're not going to talk about him. But it's Kareem Hunt against the Raiders because I still think even if he doesn't play <laughs> the game or if Mahomes gets bold, maybe yeah, I think Kareem Hunt can put up a day regardless before it gets there. So I think he's enough. I think Christian McCaffrey is one of these guys, the lock. He has opportunity to go over 30 points this week for sure. And then look for me, the other guy is Philip Lindsay. You know, Lindsay, you know, we touched on him earlier in the show. I think you look at the Lindsay game log, you look at how bad Cincinnati's been. I think it's a very steady you know, where he can get the 15 carries, hit 100 and a touchdown, and he's going to give you 17 to 20 points. And I think that's what you want. Uh, you'd like to see him catch the ball a little bit more. Obviously, last week against Pittsburgh, that wasn't the case, but he has been active in the passing game as well. So I think there's opportunity for Lindsay without a doubt. Uh, and my fade of the week at running back, you know, this is a little tougher, but, you know, I think for me, what I'm going to do is I'm going to fade. Uh, I'm going to fade Saquon. You know, ah, he took him. He took I, him. I have to. That's I just have it. to do it. And, and he's so good. I agree. And I think he's up to the task. And I hope he has a good game. And I really, because I think the weather is going to play into all of a sudden he's going to get a lot of uh, action. But man, I just I don't think I can do it this week. Sorry, buddy. Yeah, this Chicago run defense is stout, man. They don't even give up. They don't give anything up on the ground. They don't give them any rushing touchdowns. I'm not paying up for Saquon either. And another guy that you could fade is Joe Mixon. Uh, I'm not in on Joe Mixon. Uh, up near the top, of course, McCaffrey. How can you not play him from what he's done lately? It's just been unbelievable. Leads the all backs and catches and receiving yards. He's been on a heck of a run. Nine total touchdowns in his last five games with five of them on the ground. So he's doing both through the air on the ground. Aaron Jones, we talked about. I think he's a must start. Lindsay, you mentioned. So I'll go with Lamar Miller as as my third with McCaffrey and Jones. Again, just kind of picking on this Browns defense, 25th against the run, 15 rushing touchdowns, the second most in the league. Miller's hit 100 yards on the ground in three of his past five games, at least 86 in four of those five. And the carries, the opportunity, that's key for me, especially in cash. I mean, look at Lamar Miller, who checks in at a decent price, both on DraftKings and FanDuel. This guy has 18 carries, at least 18 carries in three of his last four games. And he's a lock for all the work in the red zone should they run the football. So I think Miller 
is in, in a good spot this week. All right. The wide receivers I love this week. I mentioned David Moore. I think he's going to have a good one. I want to throw DJ Moore. Everybody named Moore. Mm-hmm. I like this week. Uh, look, I Funches is back. That's bad for Samuel, but I don't think it's bad for Moore. I think, uh, you know, DJ is going to have a hell of a game here. There's a lot of points to be scored here for this Carolina game. So I definitely want a piece of that. And, you know, David Moore, I mean, the guys just keep catching touchdowns. And yes, Curse is another guy too, as, as Chris mentioned, who's got a lot of opportunity. And uh, I definitely want a piece of him if I can have it. But, you know, I, I think in terms of price, they're not that far off. But I think, you know, between Lockett and Moore for the $300 less, if you need to to save a little bit or depending on where it is or actually $400 less on the FanDuel side, I think you can make that argument for more. He's been that productive and, I, you know, he, he's been consistent and that's what you're looking for. And the other guy that I really like this week is Adams. You know, I think Adams is a good return on investment. I think he's safe. I think he gets a touchdown. I think it's an easy spot for Adams, but I don't like Rodgers with him and I'm not looking for like a ridiculous game, just a good return on investment. And in terms of guys I don't like, it's Odell Beckham. I'm fading Odell Beckham in this week. Uh, just fading all those giants here. I just don't think against the Bears. It's a good decision. Uh, a lot of pass rush <laughs> on the Giants. Uh, for a guy who's a statue in Eli Manning, <laughs> that's asking a lot. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you know, I just don't think he's going to have time to, to throw the football to find Odell Beckham anywhere. So uh, give me the... Uh, Give me the bears on that side of it. How about you? Who are your wide receivers this week? Yeah, I think Beckham is a good fade. I'm not paying up for Tyree Kill this week. I'm just a little concerned that this game is going to get out of hand and maybe it's a whole lot of hunt and maybe we don't see a lot of Tyree Kill. He's just very expensive, so I'm not going to pay up for him. I, I like Robert Woods in cash. Can you believe it? He's got four catches and 70 yards in 10 straight games. He's not much of a touchdown guy, um, but he's been running a, a lot of his routes in the slot and the Lions have given up the fifth most passing touchdowns to slot wide out. So ever since Cooper cup was gone, Robert Woods, and then staying with just those wide receivers. So just, I think the upside guy is Brennan cooks and cooks has that high ceiling. He's had a hundred yards in three straight games. And in his last two with Cooper cup sideline, 24 targets, 18 catches and over 200 yards. So the lines again, struggling defensively to stop these wide receivers. I think you can roll out cooks and you can roll out Josh Reynolds as well. Um, in, in tournaments. I think he's going to continue to eat and get his. He's got three touchdowns in his last three games. I'll throw one guy that I don't think is a safe cash play, um, but just for the purposes of tournaments and getting a little bit different and, and finding someone cheap, I don't think Sammy Watkins is going to play. And I don't think there's any reason for him to play. I mean, last last time Kansas City was playing against the Rams, he was active, but he didn't touch the football field. And he's dealt with a foot injury almost his entire career. And a game where they're favored by 14, 14 and a half against the Raiders, there's no reason to get him involved. So I'm excited about Chris Conley just slightly, a little bit. Seven catches, eight targets, 74 yards, two touchdowns in that last game. Let's see him get some more play, get some more run when they really don't need to be rolling out Tyree Kill uh, and even Travis Kelsey for that matter when they're up 30 points. So Conley, I think, could be a sneaky tournament option. All right, tight ends we've already kind of talked about here for you know a lot. And the one name we didn't was CJ Uzuma who had 12 targets last time out uh, against the Cleveland Browns. And look, in terms of target share and potential, it's still there. But the problem is I, I keep struggling. You know, I struggle with guys like Brate even. I struggle with Yuzma because I look at, on the FanDuel side, the price of Eric Ebron at 56. It was only a couple hundred dollars between that. I'm, I'm still going with Ebron. I just, I, it's impossible to get me off Ebron. And in fact, he's even $200 less than Trey Burton this week. It, to me, this is a week where, you know, uh, Kittle's a great player. Gronk is not what Gronk was. Kelsey at the top. I, I know there's a lot of upside there with Kelsey, but the price is high. It, Ebron, Ebron's ownership should be through the roof, but I don't think it's wrong. So at tight end, is there any final thoughts you have on this position? No, you nailed it. Ebron and Bray, those are my two guys. I mentioned that three-game stretch with Doyle's sideline. Ebron had 26 targets and 18 catches. So uh, I'm in on both of those guys. You want to get cute over on the DraftKings side. The cheapest guy possible is um, Lacoste, Matt Lacoste. And, you know, he, he he had a touchdown last week with Hireman done for the season. He He could be okay for you if you're just looking at a punt play at the position. All right. And defense, look, I mean, paying up for the Bears, they're going to they're going to return. All right. The forty eight hundred for the Bears on the Fandle side is going to return. Uh, we talked about the Titans. If Darnold's playing, especially being a sneaky one, too, they're at home. The Jets do turn the ball over a ton. Even if McCown's playing, it's a good one. Uh, but even better if Darnold's playing. I think we can all agree on that uh, in terms of other defenses. I think the Rams uh, are definitely in play this week. Uh, in terms of cheaper defenses, I'm not sure where you're going here, Chris. It's kind of a tough week for the cheap defense, and it's kind of hard to find one. Is there anyone that pops up to you? 
I well, I like Kansas City. They're not really that cheap on FanDuel. They're forty three hundred dollars. I think they're the seventh highest price. But over if you're playing on DraftKings, um, they're twenty five hundred dollars. So there's a there's a pretty big price difference there. Like not even in the top ten in terms of pricing on DraftKings. So uh, I, I don't mind them. And it, and it, indeed, if you are a FanDuel player, you know the Rams are pretty cheap, Joe. And you you just brought them up at forty one hundred dollars. Um, they're not in the top 10 in pricing over there, too. And you, you could get a little cute, I suppose, with the Bills. Um, they're not a bad option either. But uh, I think I'm rolling out. I think I'm paying up this week. Bears, Broncos, Seahawks, Titans, Colts, t- Chiefs. There's a lot of options out there. But there is. Chiefs may be my favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, Look for the turnovers. That's what I'm saying. You know, yes. there's going to be a lot of, there's going to be a lot of uh, you know, low scoring on some of these, you know, one-sided games on the other side. So that's not going to be the separator. It's going to be turnover. So look for the team that's going to turn over the ball the most. That's what you want. Exactly. And that's what you're going to go for. All right. If you didn't get enough of us, well, there's more because uh, Ryan Humphreys at nitro DFS, follow him on Twitter and check out his work over on line star too. He does all the write up over on the newsletter does all the breakdowns. He does fantastic work. Again, that's Ryan Humphreys. Follow him on Twitter at nitro DFS. Follow me at Joe Pisa Pia 17 and Chris at Chris Meany. And uh, we'll be back again next week to uh, hold ourselves accountable for everything that went right and wrong. Hopefully we uh, we've got you in a good spot here and you feel prepared for this week's games. We want you to have a great 13 uh, week for you. And for everybody here at line star, there's only one thing left to do and that's set down win. You've heard from the DFS experts. Now go lock it in and win. We'll see you back here next week on the Line Star Pre-Snap Podcast with Joe Pizzapia and Chris Meany. Continue the conversation at linestarapp.com and we'll see you back here next week.